Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship today. Special welcome to those who are joining us online or by phone. We're glad that you are here, and thank you to all guests, friends, guests, or visitors who are here today as well. We're very, it should be, it is. <laughs> so welcome to all, all friends, guests, and visitors too. We're so glad that you are here. Just a, a few announcements before we begin today. All right, there you go. <laughs> We're about, to, uh, today is Transfiguration Sunday, which is always the uh, Sunday before we begin the season of Lent. So this coming Wednesday, the 22nd, will be Ash Wednesday. We'll have services here at noon and at 6. So uh, we invite, encourage you all to uh, participate as we begin the season of Lent. We have several uh, celebrations today and, and uh, around today. Um, First of all, we're, we're celebrating with uh, Patrick D. and Mary Oberer, who are celebrating uh, 30 years married, uh, and we're, we're uh, happy to celebrate with them. Unfortunately, yeah, let's clap for that, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Patrick was, was sick today, so it's just Mary who's here with us this morning. Yeah. And we have a few birthdays. Um, uh, Friday of this week was Jim Schwartz's birthday, so happy birthday to Jim. (laughs) And then tomorrow is Clem Baker's uh, 95th birthday, Uh, so uh, there'll be an open house for him at Wanakee Manor uh, tomorrow, so let's clap for for Clem. There's information both about uh, how to send a card to Clem and how to uh, attend the open house tomorrow. If you are are interested, I'm sure he would love to have some Trinity friends uh, stop by. Oh, yeah. Joe Erickson. (laughs) And and Dina, too, are you the... Next week. All right, let's clap for Joe, too. So, yeah. <laughs> <right>. yeah. <laughs> uh, life is an endless, endless party around here. Uh, we we, we uh, finished our envelope fundraiser, so on March 12th, we're going to be celebrating the retirement of our roof and boiler loan, so stay tuned for cake on that day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up in, uh, uh, we've got several opportunities coming up in the month of March and then the season of Lent. Um, We've got an ELCA social statement discussion next Sunday after church. Um, During the midweek services, we'll be going deeper into the Sermon on the Mount on Wednesdays at 6. And then uh, new this year, uh, we want to make sure everyone knows about this opportunity because it it really is a gift for our community. We have a a grief support group that's going to be meeting for four weeks in March. Um, on the Sundays and on Sundays after worship beginning on March 5th. There's information about that and if you are interested in finding out more you can talk to me or you can talk to Lynn Robinson who will be leading the group. Uh, we know many people in our community have lost loved ones, um, people who are grieving and have experienced loss and so we, uh, we encourage you to take part in that if you are available. Are there any other announcements we should be sure to make today? 
If not, we'll begin our service with our prelude music. Please stand and face the baptismal font. Chuck was just letting me know that we, we ran out of bulletins today, so if you look around and you see someone who doesn't have one and you're willing to share, uh, feel free to, to help us uh, act in that hospitable way. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who makes all things new, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess our sin.
Holy One, source of our renewal. We confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We have not practiced your righteousness. Our hearts have turned away from you. For the sake of the world you so love, forgive us, that we may be reconciled to one another for the glory of your holy name. Amen. Thus says our God, the former things have come to pass and new things I now declare. God's mercy makes us new. We are forgiven in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ 
the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. God, whose glory is everywhere, you invite us to come into your presence and wait. Give us patience to be with you and attentiveness to recognize your goodness in mountains and valleys, days and nights, and all that you have animated with your lively imagination. Give us courage in moments when we fear you and others. Give us discerning hearts that we might recognize when you call us to stay and when you call us to go. Wherever life might take us, may we be led always by your light and your love. Amen. Please be seated. First reading is from Exodus chapter 24. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. To the elders he had said, Wait here for us until we come to you again, for Aaron and her are with you. Whoever has a dispute may go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled down Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Word of God, word of life. Worship our 
second reading is from 2nd Peter, first chapter. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard the voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Word of God, word of life. Shall we go? You have the 
Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. And grace and peace be with you, friends. And may the Spirit reveal the glory of Christ to us today so that the whole world shines with new brilliance. Amen. I don't know if any of you saw this, but uh, there was a clip this week of a 12-year-old girl at the, the basketball game between the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. During the game, the TV cameras uh, zoomed in on her, a young fan who was sitting in the front row next to an empty seat. She was looking down when someone sat in that spot, but when she looked up, she realized she was sitting next to LeBron James, you know, the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. <laughs> and you see her real, realization wash over her. She covers her face. She gasps. Uh, she almost falls out of her chair with uh, amazement and excitement that he's suddenly there. It's not a perfect analogy because you'd have to <laughs> you have to multiply it by about about infinity. Uh, but something about her body language reminded me of the disciples on the mountaintop. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah appear next to each other. And Peter, James, and John don't quite know what to do with themselves. And eventually they just fall to the ground in worship and in fear and in amazement and awe. For the disciples on the mountaintop, they realize they are in the presence of the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ. They see Jesus for who he truly is. And they are in the presence of the glory of God. And it drives them to the ground in worship. The story goes, Peter, James, and John go up the mountain one day with Jesus. And before their eyes, he is transfigured before them. We know this story. 
His face shines like the sun. His clothes become dazzling white. And there are Moses and Elijah, reminiscent of those other mountaintop moments in the history of God's people, when Moses would spend 40 days in the presence of God on Mount Sinai, and how on another occasion Moses beheld the glory of God, and he returned to the people and had to wear a veil over his face because his face was shining like the sun, shining like the glory of God. No one could look at it. As for Elijah, he encountered God on the mountain too. At a low moment when he was about to give up, God came to him as a still small voice, as the sound of sheer silence. And so perhaps we shouldn't be surprised to see the two of these people again on the mountaintop appearing with Jesus. In a way, they also demonstrate Jesus' continuity with the law and the prophets, just as Jesus has been saying these past few weeks that he came not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. And here, James, Peter, and John uh, see him in line with Moses representing the law and Elijah representing the prophets. And it's here that the story perhaps gets even weirder, which is hard to top. On the mountaintop, a bright cloud descends and overtakes them. This is reminiscent of our first reading. If you notice when Moses was on the mountain, a cloud descended, uh, signifying the presence of God. Peter awkwardly tries to interject here. So let's build some booths. Or just I'm, I, I interpret this as he's not quite sure what to do. And he's interrupted, thankfully, by a voice. This is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. The same words that were said at Jesus' baptism when the heavens opened up and a voice said, this is my son, the beloved. And when God speaks, the text says the disciples fall to the ground. Perhaps that's understandable. We could call this an epiphany moment. After all, this is the Sunday that kind of closes off our season after epiphany. An epiphany is a revelation and a covering of truth, of the truth of reality. It's where we see things clearly and what they truly are. It's a sudden realization that you find yourself standing in the presence of holiness or perhaps greatness or or something that you did not expect. On the mountaintop, the disciples see Jesus for who he truly is. They see him in all his glory and it drives them to the ground in worship. I wonder if you've ever had an experience like that, where something so unexpected, something so remarkable has happened that you can't help but fall to the ground. The New Testament scholar Mark Allen Powell calls this epiphanic worship. You can hear the word epiphany in there, right? Epiphanic, epiphany. Epiphanic worship happens when God reveals the truth about someone or something, and that revelation brings us to our knees. It throws us to the ground It drives us to worship. Epiphanic worship happens throughout the Gospel of Matthew when Jesus is revealed and the people present fall to the ground simply because they suddenly realize who they're in the presence of. But I do find this story challenging, and perhaps you do as well. I mean, it's hard for us to imagine and connect with, right? Perhaps some of you are wondering if, you know, it's nice that this happened to these three guys back 2,000 years ago, but what does it have to do with me? After all, very few of us have seen Jesus transform before our eyes, shining and dazzling like the sun. 
Very few of us have heard the audible voice of God say from the sky, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Perhaps more of you feel like the apostle, uh, like the disciple Andrew at the bottom of the hill. It strikes me that Andrew is left out here. His brother Peter is on the mountain, James and John, the two, two other people who are called that first day. But for some reason, Andrew's left out. I'm trying not to take that personally as someone named after him. But maybe we feel more like Andrew because we haven't had an experience like Peter on the mountaintop. This is an odd story and one that feels distant from us in many ways. And yet I do believe it is revealing to us still that this story gives us a prism through which to see see life and reality. That when we see Jesus shining on the mountaintop, the whole world becomes dazzling in a new way. Christ says to us in so many ways today that we have a God who ultimately wants to be revealed to us, who ultimately wants to be known by us, by you and all humanity. It's true that Jesus commands his disciples not to tell anyone about this vision at first. He says to wait until after he has been raised from the dead. But this only deepens the mystery, right? That we have a God who wants to be known by us, but God wants to be known by us in a very specific way. This, the God who created the universe doesn't want to be known in the abstract in some metaphysical way. The God of the universe wants to be known in the person of Jesus, the one who came to serve, the one who came to lay down his life for his friends, the one who loved us to the very end, and the one who conquered the grave. That's where God wants to be known. Jesus says not to tell anyone until after the death and resurrection because that's where God has chosen to be revealed. In other words, if you want to know the glory of God, don't look to some bright, shiny star. Look to Jesus who shines in a different way. Or if you feel lost or confused today, look to Jesus. If you want to know if anything matters in this life, look to Jesus. After all, the voice on the mountaintop ends by saying, listen to him. Don't stand here staring up at the sky or at this cloud. If you want to know who I am, look at Jesus. It's like Peter said in our second Peter said, our second reading, you will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. If you want to know what's going on with God, don't sit in a room reflecting, although there's some benefit to that. Look to Jesus first. As we look to Jesus and as we listen to him, we begin to see things through the prism of Christ and things begin to dazzle in new ways. In him, we can begin to see God revealed in many places. Our vision is imperfect now, but we still can see glimpses of these epiphanies, of these transfiguration moments. The poet Gerard Manley Hopkins once said, the world is charged with the grandeur of God. And in a different poem, he says, Christ plays in 10,000 places. 10, places. In other words, you can see Christ playing in the universe, in the faces of your neighbors, in the world. One person who was transformed by this luminous, dazzling prism of Christ was the Trappist monk and peace activist Thomas Merton. 
And he experienced his transformation not on a mountaintop somewhere, but on a street corner in Louisville, Kentucky. You ever been there? There's even a plaque that says, here is where Thomas Merton had his epiphany moment. And it's, it's kind of funny to me, because all that is happening is he's standing in this courtyard, and he suddenly realizes he loves everyone around him, and it changed his life. <laughs> and they put up a plaque about it. <laughs> Merton wrote, in Louisville at the corner of 4th and Walnut, that's the intersection, at the center of the shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all these people, that they were mine and I was theirs, that we could not be alien to one another even though we were total strangers. Then it was as suddenly as I saw the secret beauty of their hearts, the depths of their hearts where neither sin nor desire nor self-knowledge can reach the core of their reality the person that each one of them was in God's eyes. If only they could see themselves as they really are, I thought. If only they could see each other that way all the time. There would be no more war, no more hatred, no more cruelty, no more greed. I suppose the big problem would be that they would all be falling down all the time to worship each other. There is no way, Merton said, of telling people that they are walking around shining like the sun. I've always found that humorous that he said the big problem would be that we'd just be falling down to the ground all the time, worshiping one another, if we could see each other through the eyes of God. Peter, James, and John fell down before Christ on the mountaintop. Merton wanted to fall down before his neighbors when he saw them with new clarity through the eyes of God. Epiphany isn't always about the miraculous. It's more about seeing things as they truly are. We have a God who wants to be known and revealed to us in Jesus, and when we start to look to Jesus, we start to see the whole world differently. And epiphany, in that way, can truly happen anywhere, at any time, in any place, in any person. It can even happen to you, and sometimes it happens in the places we would least expect. Sometimes this kind of worship happens on mountains, and other times it happens on street corners, maybe even on the corner of First and Winnebago. Sometimes it takes place in your home or on your morning commute. Sometimes it happens in a church pew or at your kitchen table. When you look to Jesus, you might be surprised what is revealed in his light. Just as, as one final example, and I promise this is a, a short story, but just from my life recently, uh, you remember that big, heavy, wet snow we had a couple Thursdays ago? Uh, and school was closed, and so Miriam was home, and uh, our, our two-year-old, for those of you who don't know Miriam. Uh, and so we were trying to run some energy out of her, so I took her down to the park to go sledding, and it was this big, heavy, wet snow, and it was, we were just getting soaked. And she was making snow angels in her snow pants, and, her, and, her, and she kept asking me again and again to get down on the ground uh, and, and make a snow angel with her. Uh, and finally, uh, you know, I made all the usual excuses. You know, I didn't want to get my pants wet. I wasn't wearing snow pants. I was tired. I was groggy. I was thinking about all the things that I still had to do that day that I couldn't be doing when I was out there. But finally, I relented, and I fell to the ground, and I could not have been happier despite being sopping wet. There was no place I would rather have been, and it was as if momentarily it was heaven on earth. And I, in that moment, praised Christ. That epiphanies can happen on the corner of Walnut and 4th Street. Epiphanies can happen in Lake Edge Park in Madison. And epiphanies can happen here and now.
We may not have been on that mountain, but God wants to be known by you. The God who knows and loves you wants to be known as well. And we meet him in Jesus Christ. Amen. together to follow Jesus, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Embolden your church as it witnesses to the majesty and mercy of your Son. Equip lay preachers, deacons, and pastors. Move us to share our stories of your faithfulness and forgiveness. May our lives proclaim your greatness. Merciful God, dwell with your whole creation, from the tallest mountain peak to the deepest valley. Bless the work of conservation organizations, such as the Safe Skies Clean Water Coalition, 
and protect vital habitats. Support the work of disaster relief agencies around the world. We pray especially for Lutheran disaster response as they respond in Turkey and around the globe. Merciful God. Guide and give wisdom to all in authority. Our mayor, Satya Rhodes, Conway, and local leaders. Our governor, Tony Evers, and state legislators. Our president, Joe Biden, and national leader, legislators. Bring freedom and justice to all nations. Merciful God. Give shelter to those lacking safe homes. Spur communities to work for the fair housing for all. Protect our neighbors, though whose dwelling is not keep, does not keep out dangerous cold or heat. Accompany with your touch those who are homebound, sick, or isolated, especially Doris, Judy, Sharon, Jim, and all and those who we name now, aloud or in our hearts. Merciful God, make us eager to receive your word in scripture. Help us recognize Jesus' voice in the needs of our neighbors. Make us confident to follow the ways of the cross. Merciful God, receive our thanksgiving for the holy ones who have guided us in faithfulness and gather even the unlikely as you as your people with our forebears in faith and all who we have hoped in you teach us to wait with courage until the promised days dawn merciful god God, we lift up the many joys of our community and pray especially for Mary and Patrick as they celebrate their 30th anniversary. We pray for Clem and Jim and Joe as they uh, celebrate birthdays. And we lift up all the joys of our heart, giving thanks and praise to you. Merciful God, receive our prayer. We bring our needs and our hopes, O oh God, trusting your wisdom and power revealed in Christ crucified. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace with those around you. Peace be with you. <laughs>
please stand as you are able. Let us pray. Liberating God, you break the bonds of injustice and let the oppressed go free. Receive these offerings in thanksgiving for all your works of merciful power and shape us as people of your justice and freedom. You we magnify and adore through Jesus our Savior. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, to our Savior, Jesus Christ, who, sharing our life, lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to your own brilliant light. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, O holy God, you are the life and light of all. By your powerful word, you created all things. Through the prophets, you called your people to be a light to the nations. Blessed are you for Jesus, your son. He is your light shining in our darkness and revealing to us your mercy and might. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his preaching and healing, his dying and rising, and his promise to come again, we await that day when all the universe will rejoice in your holy and life-giving light. By your Spirit, bless us in this meal, that refreshed with this heavenly food we may be light for the world, revealing the brilliance of your Son. Through him all glory and honor is yours, Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins 
as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Please be seated while we share some instructions for communion. Communion today, you'll go to the side aisle and come forward. We're at the front of these side aisles. There are two tables where you'll pick up an empty cup and bring it with you to the railing. At the railing, it'll be filled with wine and you'll receive bread. If you need grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab them on your way forward uh, and bring them to the railing. After you've communed at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in the bowl here by the center aisle. We want all friends, guests, and visitors to know that you are all welcome to commune with us today. That The invitation comes to you from Christ because this is Christ's table, not our table. And so we, on his, in his name, extend that invitation to you. Come and taste the joy of God. Athens.
Please stand as you are able. <clears throat> May the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen.
Let us pray. Holy One, we thank you for the healing that springs forth abundantly from this table. Renew our strength to do justice, love kindness, and journey humbly with you. Amen. For our sending hymn, we will sing the first verse in Swahili, which is in the italics um, in your hymnal. And um, then we'll sing the first verse in English. So at, when all is said and done, we'll have sung four verses of this hymn. <laughs> The God who faithfully brings forth justice and breaks the oppressor's rod, bless, strengthen, and uphold you today and always. Amen. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. Go in peace. Follow the way of Jesus. Thanks be to God.
I forgot to 